Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of The Lord of the Storm. I'm your Bible reading friend, Dan Parr, and today we'll be diving into Matthew chapter 19. In this chapter, Jesus has some hard words for the hard-hearted and helps a rich young man who has everything see that he is still poor in one area of his life. And he encourages the disciples by letting them in on some inside info about those who have given up everything to follow him. So get your favorite Bible and turn there now to read along. I'll be reading from the easy to understand and read EUR Bible. So let's ask the Lord to bless this reading now. Father, once again, we come before you asking you to open our hearts and minds to what it is that you would want to say. For the things that you want us to hear, tune our ears to your word as it is spoken. You are the word of life, and we seek your wisdom and counsel as we read. In Jesus' name, Matthew 19. When Jesus finished speaking, he left Galilee and went into the borders of Judea, beyond the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Pharisees came to test him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Jesus answered, Haven't you read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and will be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but are one flesh. What God has joined together, don't let man tear apart. They asked him, Then why does Moses command a man to give his wife a certificate of divorce and divorce her? He said to them, Because of the harshness of your hearts. Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it has not been so. I tell you that whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. And the one who marries her when she is divorced, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If this is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He said to them, Not all men can accept this, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. The one who was able to accept it, let him accept it. Then little children were brought to him so that he would lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come and don't prevent them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to ones like these. After he laid his hands on them, he left from there. Then a man came to him and asked, Good teacher, what things must I do to have eternal life? He said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The man asked, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not offer false testimony. Honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept since my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he was one who had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Most definitely I tell you, it will be difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into God's kingdom. When the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With men this is impossible, but with God? All things are possible. Then Peter answered, Look, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Most definitely I tell you, that you who have followed me 
At the renewal, when the Son of Man will sit on the thrones of glory, you also will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive one hundred times, and will inherit eternal life. But many will be last who are first, and first who are last. The Word of the Lord for you. One of the things that would be easy for me to gloss over is right in the beginning of this chapter, the crowds were following Jesus and he healed them. Why were they following him? They had plenty of rabbis and teachers of the law that they could listen to, but his message was different than what they were used to. He didn't just hand out a bunch of commands and say, live by them. No, what he did is he went about his life, engaging with people, healing them, encouraging them, giving them hope. And the crowds responded. Uh, They had been waiting for someone to bring them the good news, and Jesus was offering them more than they could ever have imagined, but nothing like they imagined. Now, the big thing for me in this chapter is the teaching on divorce. The Pharisees bring it up because it must have been controversial for them too, or why say anything about it at all? They wanted to try to trip Jesus up and trap him in his words, but Jesus, as always, knows exactly how to respond. He laid it out, starting with the very, very basics of life. God made them, male and female. He assigned them a gender. And because of the desire for the two genders to come together, a man will leave his mother and his father's home, marry a woman, and then they'll make a new family. He tells us very plainly, what God has planned, don't let man tear apart. He goes on to say that divorce isn't part of God's plan, but there is an allowance for it in situations. When his disciples say that this way of life is too hard, he tells them not everyone can deal with that. And if your plan of lifelong commitment is different than his, then it'd be better not to marry until your understanding and commitment to it is corrected. Another big thing in this chapter for me was the rich young ruler. Really, I think he's the arrogant young ruler. The Bible makes sure we understand three things about this guy. He's young, he's rich, and he's used to getting his way. He's a ruler. When he addresses Jesus, he doesn't recognize him as Lord or Savior, just teacher. One of very many teachers that they had around at that time. Is Jesus a teacher? Yes, but he is far more than that. And this man doesn't recognize it. In fact, he's not looking to recognize or honor Jesus. He wants Jesus to honor him. He tells him how he's kept all the commandments, how he's such a good guy. But Jesus sees the source of his pride and he pins it on him. If you want to be perfect... Sell what you have and give to the poor and follow me. Well, that was obviously not what this man wanted to hear because he goes away sad. But is it any different for us now 2,000 years later? Do we recognize that Jesus is more than just a teacher? If he is our Lord and Savior, what is it going to cost us? Jesus couldn't be this man's Lord. His possessions were. Are our possessions more important to us than Jesus? If so, then they're controlling our life and not Jesus. It's not just enough to follow his teachings. We're also called to surrender our lives, all that we are and all that we have. And until you can do that, you're just going to go away sad after you have an encounter with Jesus. But he gives us this hope. He says, with God, all things are possible. You can do more than you think or imagine with Jesus in control. You never lose in the bargain of giving yourself to the Lord and letting him take all your sin and broken pieces and getting a clean slate and forgiveness and love and acceptance and joy from him in return. And if you pay attention to the last few lines of this chapter, Jesus makes a pretty incredible promise to those who give it all to him. 
It's worth reading it by yourself, so I won't do it again. But go back and reread verse 29. God is always good. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you walk with us in life, and we get the privilege of following and learning from you. We know we got the better end of the deal when we gave ourselves to you, and we're thankful for the love and generosity that you show to us in exchange. For the one who is struggling after hearing your words, Lord, help them. Correct the error in their thinking and beliefs, and align it with your word, I pray. And while that may seem impossible for them, you tell us in verse 26, nothing is impossible with you. Bless the one who feels like they are done and they can't go on. Give them the strength that only you can provide and cause your face to shine upon them one more day, I pray. In Jesus' name. Well, it has been an honor to read God's word with you and I am grateful for you joining in. Until we talk again, may you be blessed in your coming and your going and may the Lord watch over you and bless you. We'll talk again soon. God bless.